Good evening, Patriots, and it's the end of Monday, June 10th, in the year 2023. I don't know, it's, it's going to be an interesting show tonight. I'm just going to tell you this right off the top, because I don't really know where this is going to go, but there's something really nudging at me to kind of let go tonight and see what the Lord leads. So all I can say is buckle up, because I was doing a bunch of prep for this, and I just, everything was telling me, just put it aside and sit down and let the Lord lead. So we're going to see where this goes. I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. All right, before we get going, and it's always important to recognize that we have an enormous amount of challenge with our food system lately, and that's part of their system to control us. We have projections that they're going to have poor harvests next year, which are not just projections, it's proving real. We have this whole corruption of our meat system, trying to get cattle to be either injected with mRNA or now they're legalizing the entire idea of eating lab-grown meat, which you don't even know where the cells come from. And you've got this corruption of the milk, which they're using artificial milk. Everything's laden with mRNA. It's, just, it's getting worse, and it's getting dangerous. And the other thing is they're trying to use this both as a way to control you and to force you to eat a certain way. We need to have emergency food in a number of levels. One, things that you grow and are taking care of. You also have to have emergency food on hand to be able to grab and go and know that it will always be there. And that's where my Patriot Supply comes in. And that's part of a good food emergency system. So when you have Amer- you need to check out preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. This is a time now to be doing this. We see what's coming. We see the changes that are happening. And within all of that, we need to take our preparations, fill our silos, so to speak. And My Patriot Supply is part of that with a fully nutritious systems for the whole family. And if you get one for each person, you can have 90 days worth of food easily for each person. And those are food supplies that will last for up to 25 years on the shelf, which is one of those very secure places you have in your life when you know that no matter what, you've got something to fall back on. And that proves to be more and more important as we see some of the crazy things like sandstorms coming from the desert or whatever else they're doing. So head on over to preparewithbars.com, preparewithbars.com. Those are my Patriot Supply products. They're fantastic. They're one of the biggest, or I guess they are the biggest supplier of emergency food. And I consider emergency food like this essential to any sort of food system plan. And so check it out, preparewithbars.com. You definitely will not be disappointed. All right, I'm going to start tonight with one James 1, 22 to 25. That seems to be where God's put in my eyes. So we're going to start here and see where we go. But prove yourselves doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts, and not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to internalize its meaning, deluding our, yourselves by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying, he is like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what he looked like. But he who looks carefully at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and faithfully faithfully abides by it, not having become a careless listener, 
who forgets but an active doer who obeys. He will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life of obedience. Obeying the word of God. And this is something that I've, a path that I've been thrust into easily since, I would say very effectively since 2017. And you all know the story a little bit, but I just want to retouch on it tonight because it was life-changing and it is one of these things where you really feel like you're not going to get over something and yet it turns out to be the greatest moment in your life. We're all going to be faced with some very big changes here coming up. And I don't know exactly how things are lining up, but as I did the previous hour, you can start to see that some things are just not lining up normally. Someone pointed out earlier in a post tonight that you had used car prices, which are the highest they've ever been because there was a shortage in the used car inventories. And all of a sudden, used car prices are lower than they've been in years because we had a sudden bottom out of the market. Things like this don't make sense. They're small little indicators of things that we constantly keep seeing and we're not making sense of them. At the same time, percolating up, we're seeing this, these horrific events that are happening around us and what's happening to the children, and there's all this constant noise and confusion. And it's easy to get derailed. Here's one tonight. This is from Robbie Starbuck, and he posted this. This is a horrific local story that I need help getting the word out about for, a local, for, for local police. A local soccer coach in Franklin, Tennessee, named Camilo Campos, left a phone at a restaurant. It was filled with videos of him raping boys who were unconscious. Many may not realize they were victims. If your child ever played for him, was around him, or associated with him in any way, then Franklin Police needs you to call 615-794-2513. Okay. We're being just saturated right now with the insanity of the world, and most most real in this is we're starting to touch the pain of heaven. I said quite a number of months ago that heaven is consumed with sorrow and rage. And that was a word I was given and more than I was given, it was something I saw. And I will tell you over this last year, I've really had to accept more and more that there is a prophetic gift that God's given me. And I'm I'm hesitant to boldly walk into it like that, but I'm just going to tell you tonight, we're flowing with the Holy Spirit. We're going to see where this goes. But I know that 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 view of the world of heaven being of the angels in heaven being ripped with sorrow and rage was real, and what happened in that moment is that as they were finally this was around the Balenciaga incident, which happened back in January. As they were in that moment, God turned. Now, that's a very big moment because up to this point, God's been saying in that and what all that symbolized was God was saying, "My children will come around," but God turned. And that is to give credence to his angels that we're suffering pain and misery in the, in the heavenly fight that's happening around us as we walk unconscious in this world. We, are, we have lived a very privileged life, an immensely privileged life, more than we even realize. And even those that have suffered and talk about how I've suffered and I've lost this or that, you have no idea how privileged you are. Because up until this point, we haven't had to feel the pain of heaven. We haven't had to suffer the pain of the destruction of the little ones. 
And so for those that have sadly had to witness or be part of the destruction of somebody in your life, a little one, and you carry that pain, you're probably touching just a fraction of what heaven feels because the magnitude of what this has happened across this world is beyond the comprehension of any of us. And sadly, it should be within the feeling of all of us. We are connected through the body of Christ, but through a very systematic process over the years, we have willfully accepted another contract in this world. And that other contract is to speak to the concepts of materialism in me. And so as people begin to wake up, it's a waking up that we all suffer through, and we must. We must bear the burden and pain of the many because each layer as we wake up has to be healed. For some, they're frustrated. They want to see action. I want to see something happen now or immediately. But we're missing the point of this process of awakening and the spiritual awakening and the gift that God's giving us. We are working together and suffering the pain of the misery that has been put upon this earth that we have turned our back to. And it's not easy. This film, Sound of Freedom, it's been getting... It's an unbelievable box office success, and yet at the same time, there's just all sorts of comments coming at it now. People are going after Tim Ballard. People are going after Jim Caviezel. And and this is where we're missing this. Everybody keeps wanting to dig down instead of to step back and look up. God's using many, many people right now to awaken, and nobody's perfect. Anybody that thinks their shit doesn't smell, you are absolutely wrong. It stinks like everybody else's. And sadly, what we do is we tend to get very righteous. And so we start to point our finger at like, this person's doing that or this person's doing that. And I'm reminded even as I sit here tonight that Jeffrey Dahmer accepted Christ. That is, that is such a, a, a impossible balance in our minds to, for us to really think about it in terms of a human lens. And the only way we can understand that is through the lens of Father God. He's not wanting you or I to be exclusive into heaven. He's trying to bring everybody home. And this is going to create a very big challenge as we walk into this next step. The realization of what's happening to the children will bring rage. And he knows that. And part of what is happening here is to soften the target, to soften the impact. Because we are not emotionally ready for what heaven has had to endure because of our negligence for the years that this has gone on. And I need to stress that point. Because we have a dirty hand in this. And it's a hard pill to swallow because we all like to think that like, no, no, that didn't happen to me or I've I've been good with the Lord. I've been walking my life. No, we haven't been that good because we've willfully accepted the, the narratives of this world as if we were of this world. And this process of awakening, which is ripping us from this matrix, is one that's going to be very burdensome on us. We literally aren't, have not been actively living the word of God. We've been just listening to it. And that's where so much of the fall apart and the, of the dead stone wall churches has been because the pews have become, the pulpits have become places where we have weak pastors that are speaking to people to tell them how to think and people sitting in pews receiving and accepting how to think and not seeking the face of the living God. Oh, I, and, I, and the Lord's happy to have people turn to him finally. He's, he is just... It is almost like tears flowing down that finally my children are coming home and they're making the choice that he's always hoped that we would make. But that walk now is going to be tough because it's not going to be a walk that we're going to be veiled. 
to walk that we have to walk clearly with eyes open. And along it are going along that walk are going to be the carcasses, the corpses of the refuge that we were part of creating. It's brutal. But it's true. Children have suffered immeasurably. And even now, they're seeding an overwhelming amount of doubt to make people question that it's really that bad. It's in every community, and yet people don't want to see it. They want to believe it's something else. They want to look towards one community or another and not believe that it's really there. It's everywhere. And it doesn't necessarily play out the same way, but it's everywhere. And the problem is that right now we're looking at one small optic. We're looking right now, and this is just literally as heaven is showing. It's like there's one small optic. You all are finally looking at something called child sex trafficking, but look bigger. Do you not just see the pain of the children that are in this world, so many of them living with broken parents, broken lives? Heaven is, is, is tormented just even by the broken marriages. The weakness in ourselves to accept one another as a partnership. I, I sit here on this mic tonight openly confessing. I mean, I have, I've had a train wreck in my relationships. Fortunately, no children of my own, but there were two adopted along the way. But our commitments haven't been deep within our, within our vows of heaven. We've listened to the word, but we haven't lived, lived the word. And this is something that we have an opportunity right now to rectify to begin doing the right thing. But it means truly obeying with the way that we live, walk, and breathe. That means each one of us has a responsibility to seek the face of the living God. Turn our eyes towards him. Ask him. Come to know him. Live with him. Make a seat at the table and invite him in. Because in the process of rescue, heal, and restore, we're needing to do that with ourselves. The children have been a gift and a, and a pain, not in a bad way, but a painful one for heaven because the gift that was given to us to protect and steward just was not. And somewhere along the way, the parents have become derailed. And the priorities of the children when I grew up, which was a responsibility not just in the parents with your parents, but within the communities that you lived, we've pushed that aside. I shared this last night. It's, I'm just being pushed to share it again now. And it's truly this. And it was that as I watched this young man, a friend of the families, be baptized, before that, the pastor, Jeff, spoke just good words. And basically what he framed was, all of you that sit here before them are the witnesses to these young men accepting Jesus as the way. And it is only through Jesus, it's only through him to the Father. And in committing themselves totally to the obedience of Christ, the, the witnesses that stood before there, we shared that moment with them. And therefore, in our walk in life, we have the responsibility of making sure they are accountable. Those that accepted Christ, if they deviate, we have to remind them of their accountability to Christ, that they made a commitment. That's the body of Christ. That's the community of Christ. And unfortunately, we're still trying to come out of our shells. And that was a big damage in part by COVID, but made worse by even years of just compliance to a dead stone, 
do a dead pew in, a, in, a, in the dead stone walls of the temples. God's shaking this world right now. And there's big things coming. We're, we're still focused, and he's, he's really trying to shake us because we have our eyes so focused on the criminality and the things that are happening. But he's also wanting us to look up. And this is a time right now that we need to look up and hear him and see him and understand that there's joy in heaven that we are now finally stepping into our role as the sons and daughters of the Most High. Because we don't win this by having a dark, morose walk in the world. We win this by having the joy of heaven that overcomes all the dark and morose garbage that's been put in here. And so the question is, how much do you believe in your authorities? How much do we embrace those authorities that God has given to us? I had a dream a long time ago. It's a dream that's never left me. It's a dream that I didn't understand until really this last year. And this dream was back, it had to be back in about 1993. And in that dream, I was looking over part of Texas. And I was literally in the air seeing things. And it was a desolate landscape. And I saw this hand come before me. And it was, I knew then and I know now it was God's hand. And everywhere I saw desert, as God passed his hand over, where his hand passed over, there was this massive old growth forest that came out of nowhere. And it's never left me. And I know why now. Because I was being shown then, long before I had a relationship with God, I was being shown what the true power of faith in him could bring. We are going to be called upon to step into our authorities, not with hesitation, but with the heart, truly, of the children of heaven. And that also means that we are stepping in with the authorities and with the attitude of a martyrdom spirit. Are we willing to step in into that place knowing that whatever we do, we are being called now for the reclamation and defense of the kingdom? And that has to be in every cell and every bone of your body, knowing that whatever is your call to do, it's the obedience of living into the word, not just listening to it. And that means when God's speaking to you, we have to respond. There's no time. We cannot hesitate. And that hesitation is part of the problem we've lived through here. Is we always want to try to find a way to, I want to question it, I have to hesitate on it, maybe pray on it for a week. Heaven's moving and calling and waiting for those that respond. But those that respond, God's pouring more on them because we're moving now. This isn't a time of static movement or static waiting. And whatever that was in the past that somehow we got away with that, I don't think that was, I had no sense when I say that that was heaven's will. That was our choice and an unfortunate one. Because as we slept by choice, the enemy moved. The enemy never sleeps. It continues to move constantly. And that sort of vigilance is something that needs to awaken in every single one of us. A vigilance to know that this enemy will not stop. 
A vigilance that knows that this enemy is constantly trying to steal and destroy. This war is not about us. We're in the way. We hear that statement that was pretty much grabbed by Trump. But the real truth is the enemy knows that we're in the way of what it needs. It wants God's children. And as they go after, the younger they can go, the enemy revels in the pain that they can strike into heaven. There are uncounted war angels ready to strike. And I even hear, I mean, the word just comes in my head. There's people asking, like, why don't they strike? Because we aren't there yet. The authorities of this earth are to us. And lest that our king is here, we have been given the authorities to steward this earth. And so much of this breaks the convention of the comfortable pew and the the this pulpit that tries to speak about conformity and obedience to a word that has no life. And that goes again to James 1, 22 to 25. But prove yourselves doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts. So that gets us to our authorities, which we all should know. But unfortunately, we're still having to learn and stumble through. For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret but it would come to light. Mark 4.22. Nothing has ever been taken from us or hidden from us. God's put it all out there. But we're in this moment right now where the father of lies is waging an all-out war against Scripture, and you're hearing it in so many versions. The Bible's been rewritten too many times to be accurate. Too many books have been taken out of the Bible. There's more there than when we're being told. We don't know the real faith. The real faith is lost to us. The Bible is just an echo of old scripture and old tablets that we're finding in the Sumerians and before. And I could go on a list of many, many things. All of this is to wage war on the true sense of what God's given us in his word. Everything we need is there in the word. And as we lean into the word and we live into the word, the word and the Bible reads us and gives us what we need. There's a debate that's been going on in certain circles about what version of the Bible is better. And it's ridiculous because all of this is about follow where your heart is. And there it is. Heaven wants this said. God is just putting this right here. The war is on the heart through the mind. And the physical war is at the heart. One of the pieces I played earlier tonight, which was just so striking when it said, was it this garbage of men breastfeeding babies, insane, this garbage, this whatever they take. The key is this, that the damage that it can do to a child, an infant, is the heart. What did COVID do? The heart. What did the WEF, World Economic Forum, brag about with the new medical horizons of technology, 3D printing hearts? Why? Because the heart is the bridge to heaven. It's in scripture. We think in our minds, we obey through our heart. The wisdom flows through our heart and through our bodies. And we know the answer when we listen to our heart. We're having to relearn everything. And God knows this. 
God knows very well that we're having to relearn. And that's why he's pouring out the wisdom that he is right now as people open up and he sees his children step into authorities and they want that. But it's all by incremental steps. Even the way we pray, we have to be cognizant because we love to pray for things like, Lord, we need this person to come to Jesus. But that defeats the entire thing that God gave us. We have just become Satan himself when we did that. Sounds crazy, but hear me because this is very clear from heaven. We cannot force somebody to do something. We can expose something, somebody to the glory and joy and love of heaven, but you cannot force them to make a choice. So in our own panic when we're out here and we're wanting to pray for somebody to come to Christ or pray to this, we're actually doing white magic. We're doing exactly what the other side's doing to us. And we're waging war on their plane and their battlefield, and we are going to lose. When we step into our authorities, we're stepping into our authorities with a loving and forgiving heart, something that I know many people still struggle with. And that loving and forgiving heart comes about it that we are literally praying into something, not as a lesser, not as an underdog, but as the authority of the earth, we step into that. And as we pray with a loving and forgiving heart, we command the authority of heaven and there the miracles begin. One of the greatest strengths in walking in that space is the weeping that we do, knowing the power of the Holy Spirit flows through us. And weeping we have to do for these children. That scar is deep. I don't know where this goes, what I'm about to say, but I know that I'm asked to say it, and and we need to put it out there for prayer and for things to begin to open. But if you listen to me at Bard's Fest and you listen to what I've said over this last year, there is one place that has to be healed. It's big because it deals ultimately with the same point. It's the children. We cannot have one nation under God with first nations isolated and last nations doing their thing differently. And each of those carries a burden of sin, by the way. No one is void of the sin of the damage of children, of child sex sacrifice. No one's void of the damage of things, of the corruption of what we do in our businesses and our lives. But we have to find the way to build the bridges to get to know each other because the first and the last have great to share, to learn, to become greater in the next step. And the children are the prize. God knows that as we turned our eyes towards other places and didn't pay attention, one of the greatest harvests of the youth, of the children, of the little ones happened in First Nations. And even worse is that many in the Christian community thought that there was not important or was okay at certain points because they did not see the First Nations as anything other than heathens rather than seeing them as children of God. The bias that we create within our own faith, where we say that only if you've accepted Christ can you be considered X, that doesn't even work within heaven. God has given us all a choice in our life. Hence the reasons and the commands that we're given to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as the one of the first directives we have. Because that's part of us expanding the kingdom and sharing the joy of what Jesus is about. And if we fail to do that and yet judge the other, it is literally one finger pointed out and three fingers pointed at me. 
I just know right now that this is, this is just pouring through my heart right now, that we have the work to do to heal and to build bridges. And part of this operation that has been given to us, which we now call Operation Vineyard, is to build the bridges, to turn the tables to where rather than them, those in leadership, monitoring us and surveilling us, we are now turning the tables to monitor them and to protect our communities and to come together county by county, First Nations and Last Nations, unified together so that we're coming to a common understanding. The children are the bridge. And it's through the children that the children heal us. That's what God's been giving us and we've been missing. We look at the children as something we need to raise. And so they, we look at that and say, well, we have to teach them everything. And we miss one of the great gifts that God's given us, that the children heal us. They're innocent in this world. They have the eyes of God. They can see across the veil. So much here in the pain in which we walk because we get ravaged by it and don't see it. If we could see with our eyes what's around us, we would see this darkness that would float around and be stuck on people. It would be like goo flowing off of them. They're demons. And they're on the move because they really feel that they've gotten a grip, a hold on so many. And in anything I say tonight here, I'll be clear that I'm not excused from what I've from things that I've done. And this is not in any way to be clear. The things that I'm speaking here tonight is if I'm on some pulpit, I'm letting the Holy Spirit flow through me to speak. And I take accountability myself for the things that we've gone through, even the hard judgments that we place on others. But we have an opportunity right now to truly step into that walk with Jesus. And it's it's more powerful and profound. And the the veil comes off of our eyes and we begin to realize that through the true power of love, as with standing there with Peter and Jesus, Jesus understood the importance of a sword of steel. But he also knew that in the greatness of this fight, in the end, it would be healed by the sword of the, of the soul and the sword of the spirit. We have an enemy that ravages and there will be those that will be called to deal with that enemy like Joshua was called to go through the walls and in Jericho and to slay every man, woman, child, and donkey. We all have those that will be called to the line to face the Goliaths and to strike that Goliath down and then others to pursue the army as they went into the mountains. That will happen. The tides are turning. And we as a body in Christ have to remember that we are all part of monitoring and fortifying the wall. And when we forget that is when everything goes awry. Ezekiel 34 reminds us of what the judgment of the shepherds is like. And where we have to understand is as we step into these roles right now, we are truly stepping into the role of the shepherds. This is the remnant and each of us in our communities and our places have a profound role of raising people up, of giving them strength, of inspiring them in the body of Christ and to helping them walk away from the darkness that lures them in. But if they don't have the understanding of, the, of what our relationship with Jesus is like in this day, they will be easily pulled away. A cheap magician with poor pocket tricks can do more 
to pull somebody away than somebody who's told to sit in a pew and obey the words because we've lost the power of the living miracle God, the God that lives within us, that we speak out and we call for miracles and we seek the healing and we watch the miracles of healing happen before us. And so the question that heaven just lays on my heart is this. For every person that you encounter, that you disagree with, that you see doing wrong, do you pray for the healing of their soul? Do you pray for them to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Do you pray that they can stand before the mirror and see themselves truly for what they are? Each one has free will. We all have free will. But the mightiness of our heart has to be one of compassion. And believe me, the guy who speaks this now doesn't say that easily. There's way too many times I want to raise that sword and just that sword of steel and be done with these. And there are those out there. But this is, as is said, not a war between flesh and blood. This is a war in principalities beyond our reach. But what begins in heaven manifests in earth. We hear these things always, but the question is, do we live them? Do we walk them? And each one of us has the challenge before us because I'm telling you, God is opening a door like we cannot imagine right now. It's a door that only he could open and it's a gift like we can never even conceive. It's part of the inheritance which sits before us and it's right before us right now. The question is, will we walk through it? Will we step into it? And to step into it, it has to be one with a heart that's lifted from any vengeance. And that also means that we have to get rid of the baggage that sits within us. Each one of us has it. Do we believe we're worthy or do you believe you're unworthy? Profound times in which we live. Things are not as they seem. The world is turning upside down and we don't have a process, a reference point for us to process all that's happening before us. And the Lord knows that. And in so doing, he also knows that the only way forward, if we're really going to walk here, is to turn our eyes to him, have faith in him, and know that we are here with forever life because of Jesus, through Christ to the Father. It's a maze. Imagine it like this, an ever-turning maze, and no matter what you do, it will change. And even worse is there's a profound element here within all of us that as we work within this maze and we start pursuing these what we'll call rabbit holes, these things of information that this enemy keeps dropping before us and we chase this one and we chase that one, we're getting caught in a, in a trap because our eyes aren't remaining on Christ. In this maze, a forever changing maze, there is only one way out. And that's through Jesus. And though we know that in the times of chaos, when things start to fall apart, we easily forget it. The horizon is actually pretty amazing, what's coming. The problem with prophecies that are going on right now is too many get caught into the darkness. There's something about that that is... Once they start down a path, if it's not truly God-centric, too many see the darkness rather than seeing the light. Too many get wrapped in the darkness of the father of lies and forget to hear and see the joy of heaven. 
We obsess around the conflict instead of obsessing around the rehabilitation and the restoration. Once we're rescued, we have to go through healing. And once we're healed, we have to restore. And once we have done that, we have to do that for others. There is truly a profound gift sitting before each of us. It's an unbelievable gift. It will take an entirely letting go of what we have understood. It will take a leaning into the scripture to appreciate the full range of the Old and the New Testament. From the authorities to understanding that the, the Joshua's, the David's, the Gideon's, to understanding Christ and Peter. There's so much there. And it's always the same. God gives us what we need. And we each go through trials in our lives to be refined, to be greater, because what we do here echoes into eternity. There is a cloud of witnesses that are literally looking down upon us. It's like the greatest cheering section we could have ever asked for. They see what's happening. They see the awakening happening. And they're excited for it because they know what will happen when we step into our full authorities and accept that role of who we are humbly before the Father, living obedient in the Word and what it means truly to be that true obedience. But we have to believe, and it's believing in a different level. When Christ said to the adulteress, as after the men who had had the stones left, he told her, go and sin no more. Oh, that's so misunderstood. Because it's spoken as if he, he only meant one little thing. That's not what Christ said. He said, go and sin no more. How is that possible? Because everything that we're taught says that we are sinners and we are not possible to live without sin. And yet Christ said it. What we're seeing is the glimpse of the possible. But to get there, we have to walk truly within him. Obedience and living that obedience. And we have to have the strength and the courage that when we do stumble, to repent. And if we have even more courage, we're going to seek to Father and say, where did I repent and show me so that I can get better? But that doesn't mean stay down. That means re revive, rebuild, and stand up. And right now, this is more important than ever because the enemy that we face is the enemy that wants more than ever the children. And as we step into a battle space where that is going to be one of the primary looks, and this will happen whether you like it or not, God wants his children saved and safe. So if you're one that feels you can't be in this battle, you're still going to get pulled in it anyway, because that's where this is all going, is the battle for the children. And as we step in there, we have to be stronger within him. We have to flush out those weaknesses, those cracks in the armor, those wounds. And that means we have to let go of a lot of things. We like our pain. We love it, in fact, too much. Our pain gives us excuses. Our pain doesn't allow 
the blood of Christ to flow in. Our pain keeps us from feeling the joy of heaven because we don't know what that is and we are afraid, many of us are afraid to accept that joy of heaven. So we tell ourselves about our pain. We run from the Holy Spirit. We find try to find things to replace it. Eating or adrenaline things or putting ourselves in miserable situations to where we feel pain and we can tell ourselves and convince ourselves constantly the earth in this earthly realm, it's difficult, it's unbearable, it's impossible. I must walk this path of glass. Let it go. The hand is being extended for us to walk through a door of complete and incredible joy. The light of Christ to flow through us in such a miraculous way that we become truly the power within this world of transformation through our Father, not individually. But our Father works through us to change and transform this into something incredible. Do you believe that with the prayer and the hands of God that you can walk in a forest and turn it into an old growth forest even though it was burned to a singe? Do you believe that you can raise the dead? Do you believe that you can heal anybody that has whatever sickness is before them? And is there a greater weapon in war than taking somebody who is a broken soul, evil and angry, pillaging others for their, to give them pain because they have pain in their heart than to heal their heart and have them be exposed to the true power of the Holy Spirit to restore them and give them an opportunity to enter heaven. That's the warfare we're talking about. Something so profound and so great that when you hit the ground running with that, no enemy literally can stand before you and no weapon forged against you will ever succeed. And that's the heart of God. We live in the most amazing of times. And it's something we truly need to cherish. Not to race by, not to look for when that end is going to be, but to cherish every moment. There are so many in the cloud of witnesses that would love to be where we are right now. In a moment in time when so much is happening, the enemy's truly surfacing, so many are putting their eyes back to heaven. But we have to step into the place where God has us, and that's being a remnant. That means leading. That means guiding. That means living the word and doing the word, not just speaking it. There's something more powerful than ever when we read the stories of Jesus, and it isn't what he says, it's how he is. And the most profound thing is how people see him and know him before he says a word. We tell ourselves, that's Jesus. No one else can do that. But Jesus didn't say that to us. John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. That phrase alone defines the path where we are headed if we so choose to walk. And it's there that the greatest gifts will be received, not for us, but for the so many around us to share. 
It doesn't matter how long we've been tending to the field. What matters now is that we're listening and awakening and watching the others awaken with us. We need to meet them where they are and encourage them to go beyond where we are. That's the walk. And that's the word. Let's pray. Father God, just want to thank you this evening for this time. Whatever is said tonight was yours. And I thank you for that gift and that opportunity. Hopefully there's things there that settle and resonate with some because it seems like some needed to hear that tonight and many messages were for everyone. Just pray tonight, Father, that those words settle in as you need them to and that I humbly put myself before you and ask and pray that I deliver them as you asked or as you intended. This is an amazing time that you're continuing to show us. Strengthen the hearts. Bold in the step. And get ready for the climb. What lies ahead are the greatest things we could ever imagine. And it will be the hardest walk we ever make. Thank you, Father, for guiding us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, patriots. An interesting night. I will see you all tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow. For bended knee, until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in.